All right. Hey. So I see Chris. Um, I guess you can promote him. Hey, Chris. If you accept the invitation, <coughs> you can be up here with us. <laughs> so you're inviting you to speak. You have been invited to speak. There we are. So I've invited the listeners to come on down and join us. needed a little room to do the final invitation to the call-in network. Um, this is That AI Show. We're super excited to bring on uh, a demo with the team at No Rules Berlin. And so um, at That AI Show, we are a program that discusses um, artificial intelligence trends that impacts the real world, uh, like the employment market, and if there is any kind of marginalization or discrimination, if that's happening, or you know how it how it's really working out for you, um, whether or not you've run aground of any legal stuff. A lot of times, people will get freaked out by the healthcare elements, so we've done a lot of that, and uh, we've even covered really oddball subjects like um, AI involved uh, reproduction as a service, <laughs> which is something we did a couple of shows ago. So uh, this is this is a show for real world impacts where people can call in and discuss their their quibbles or their questions or the, just you know examine their own curiosities towards artificial intelligence. Today, we are talking about Doll E, which is the open AI, te- AI technology uh, that um, generates text to images, and this is a really curious new art form that has has really invited a lot of uh, speculation and it's it does wondrous things so it it deserves to be examined more thoroughly just for on its face so we invited no rules berlin to come in and talk about you know first what their show and what they do and um their experiences and how to operate doll e so come on uh we have okay and we also have chris strobel Hey there. Thank you. Hi. Thank you for having us. Hey, nice to meet you. Really yeah. excited to talk about Dali. Yeah, very good. Um, so we we discovered them talking about Dali last weekend, um, and they were doing such a tremendous job that I just I just grabbed them and said, please come on the show and um, and discuss this with us. And and they accepted. So we're really excited. Um, so tell us about uh, first about No Rules Berlin. And uh, and then how you arrived at, at Dolly as as an operator? Yeah, maybe Chris, you want to like give a quick brief introduction to what uh, Norus Berlin is. I think you you do that always great. Um, and then I can jump into Dolly too and and what we did there last week. Yeah, of course. Um, super nice to be here. So Norus Berlin started. Um, and is still today an experiment. So we were part of the private beta of Colin, and we had this idea, let's just do what we do normally, and that is sharing notes about tech. And we we decided let's do an episode per day. We're both having full-time jobs as angel investors and entrepreneurs, but we, we were like, what is if we just do half an hour a day and see for how long it goes? And then we did a call-in for 100 days straight, and now we do one episode per week. 
and we basically talk just about tech that that we love to talk and it's exciting that there's now i guess 2500 subscribers on call in for the show oh fantastic I, maybe i'm operating it wrongly so maybe if i did that if i basically accepted the gauntlet to do 30 minutes a day for a thousand days how many days did you guys do it like a hundred in a row a hundred days so maybe if yeah. i just commit to a hundred days at 30 minutes a day like that's less heavy <laughs> exercise but i can do it um maybe maybe that's the proper way to to uh use the the app and then maybe i'll get really high listenership if i do that yeah as, as chris said i mean for us it's it's still like an experiment uh we never i mean uh we never did like a professional podcast before i mean Probably this one, uh, our podcast is still not a professional podcast, <laughs> but uh, but we are still doing it and it's fun. And it's after all, it's like the same conversations that we have uh, during the week. Uh, we just pick one topic and then, you know, uh, talk about that uh, one topic on uh, every Sunday now. So tomorrow will be the next topic uh, that we'll pick. And uh, yeah, and, and last week we talked about Do Dolly 2 uh, because what the, the quality jump from Dolly 1 to 2 was uh, quite you know, remarkable. It was uh, basically, um, yeah, great to see how you can, how far we got with technology and uh, and what it can, you know, allow us basically to do, turning just a simple text prompt into some picture that makes, uh, that looks actually quite accurate, uh, even if you have like <laughs> objects, combined objects in the text prompt that are maybe, I don't know, uh, in the real world, not really uh, appearing next to each other, right? An astronaut riding a, ho a unicorn on Mars or something. But the images that you get out of Dolly 2 are like still super accurate and you could like print them out or, or you know, and put it on the wall and it, it will look good, you know? So that was uh, quite remarkable, actually. Oh, that's, that's tremendous. So um, are, you, are you prepared to, to show us how to do it? Or do you have anything to add about the Dolly app as far as development or what you know yeah about we can open ai go ahead sure we can we can maybe have like a quick uh introduction of what dolly 2 actually is and how it works and uh maybe then just jump into the conversation like what our imagination will <laughs> bring out but basically yeah. like you said dolly 2 was uh just like dolly 1 uh, hence the name <laughs> was developed by OpenAI, and it it's a bit special because it's one of these uh diffusion models that generate uh, yeah, images basically, and uh, in, in behind the scenes, how you can imagine this working is basically you start with a very remember the old days in the eighties when you had like a TV and the signal wasn't that good, and you had like white and dot, white and black dots on the picture. Yeah, the noise, the, the noisy. And, stuff. Yeah, kind of like a super noisy picture, and then after some time, you see like there's something coming out, and and you see like it's for actually drawing whatever you uh, describe with your text prompt sort of like that like iteratively and at the end you end up with a um a picture that actually satisfies your uh your text prompt basically right so and version two like i said uh you know impressed everyone because it 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 the quality jumped a little bit dolly one was already remarkable because we saw a text prompt of like uh draw me a avocado chair or something actually draw give us a picture of an avocado chair and now we end up with um, a quality when you say, I want a photorealistic picture of, uh, I don't know, like I said, for example, the astronaut riding a unicorn in space or something. That picture actually is super accurate and down to the pixel, right? So 
um, that is quite remarkable. And uh, and all you need is basically a short text prompt. And so uh, it's quite magical uh, the type of like you know images you get out of it. And and like I said, Dolly two actually will combine these sometimes unrelated objects in a sem uh, semantically plausible way, let's say. And you end up with a picture that you can actually use uh, for your use cases. And, and there's many uh, now uh, popping up here and there. People are, you know, starting to imagine what they can do. I was just talk talking to a friend last week about um, they have a startup which is, um, yeah, it's like a CMS, let's say, or, or like a like a Shopify for a certain like restaurants and certain other, um, you know, uh, businesses. And he was like, "Hey, if if people are lazy uploading pictures of their of their uh, you know meals, for example, they offer like I don't know a taco or something, fish tacos with such and such topic. Um, why not use Dolly too and generate these images? And we tested that, and it actually is more than good in, more than good enough um, to 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 be used as product descriptions." Um, picture wise and and there's many many other uh, uh, use case I think uh, that people just brought up like the past two two three weeks or so mm -hmm. where Dolly 2 can actually be be quite a game changer actually wow oh, I mean have you seen any practical uses like commercial uses of Dolly right now um, like commercial maybe it's, it's, it's a little bit early because the access to the system was just like now broadening up so i think they released it in back in march april or so mm -hmm. and since then we saw more and more people coming on the platform uh, chris and i we like just got access to it a couple of weeks ago or a couple of days ago to be honest and uh, i think also openai announced that they will access give access to one million people over the time over time oh okay um, so you can get so... you can get a license or if you know somebody who knows somebody you can get it yeah, so exactly. So they are open. So you can just like uh, register for it and, and sign up, and, and they will now open, you know, open it up for to a million people. But those that get access to it already shared in uh, the Discord forums and uh, chats and what have you, what they are planning to do. It, it starts from these use cases, like I described for restaurant software, where you generate pictures instead of people actually manually entering these things. So just you just type the. <laughs> the meal on the from the menu and it, it generates the pictures and it's so it's so good because you can even we, we tested for example the case okay he's uh, this restaurant is offering uh, tacos and there's different types of tacos for example fish tacos with onions avo uh, uh, avocado toppings and whatever uh, flavor of um, of the shell right and uh, it actually generated exactly that image, right? Because these concepts are well known in in out out there, and uh, the system below uh, Dolly Two actually that was used um, to train or is part of Dolly Two, let's say, um, and this learned from these concepts to be, you know, and so of course it knows that. Um, so there there are many many use cases, and and it goes as wild as people saying, you know, if we plan to do a movie, we take the storyboard instead of drawing the each like scene and the the frames in between maybe we can one day generate these images and so we can create videos at the end because after all videos just uh 30 pictures per, per second and so maybe one day we will actually use dolly three or four maybe five uh to generate videos okay okay and and chris do you have anything to add I think I what's, what's fascinating, I think what's fascinating about Dali is, so 
when we thought about AI, um, we usually take this automation efficiency use case. So we say, oh, there's, there's Uber drivers. What is if a computer could drive a car? And then we can basically get rid of uh, the human in the loop and we can save costs. So like a very traditional and, um, yeah, let's say a, a very zero-sum mindset towards artificial intelligence. And when I have seen Dali, it's the first time it feels like a positive sum game. So um, creativity is infinite. Um, writing text and writing stories is infinite. And enlightening people with better pictures and, and a more visually stimulating thing also feels infinite. And instead of like saying, oh, we automate away the artist, it's exactly the other way around. Now with Dali, every single person on the planet who can write can be an artist and not in like 10,000 hours and talent and buying oil and paint. No, it's like you write a text and you have pictures and then you're curating what it is there. And it feels the first time for me, like the first application that feels like a positive. Hello? Hello? Yeah, um, there's somebody who's, who said that um, their internet's going in and out, and there was a brief lull, um, just just a, oh, wow. maybe five crash? seconds. Uh, no, we are we are talking together. There's um, Miranda, who's the chief's baby girl, said that her internet is going in and out. So there is sometimes there's a technical interruption with the program. So just carry on. I just wanted you to be aware. Uh, of that if if someone couldn't just hear your your five seconds okay so so like like with dolly every single person on the planet who can write is an artist and this makes a huge difference so it feels really like a positive sum game and i was in the supermarket yesterday and i saw like like uh, packages and i was like why is not every single package of let's say candles having an individual painting printed on it that I'm like, well, it's still the candle, but this one has, let's say, a football game. This one has um, a holiday scene, like, and I choose just the one that I like. And so I'm, I'm starting to see like this infinite applications on Dali. It's wonderful. Um, you know what? I had a, a curiosity. Do you think if I um, say I wanted to to write a letter, or I wanted to say uh, write some sort of clandestine? political manifesto like one of the things that they used to do during the cold war was they they would make things very very small and they would put things like on a micro dot and then they they would they would put it in the period of an end of a letter and then they would send it but you could bury your dissent or your dissenting communication also in an art piece so i thought about if things became so crazy and you know, in in the world that you know, open open communication wouldn't be very good. That I could take a letter, or even um, a book, and and translate it into a piece of of Dali art. Would that even be possible, or would it just jam the system because it'd be too many words? Yeah, I mean, uh, probably true. Uh, it would take a while because you would have a lot of like text prompts. But in like technically, you could of course do it. Um, but I guess, like, once we get into, like, uh, these use cases where we want to turn 
a book, uh, some novel, basically, you know, let's take the Harry Potter books or something, <laughs> um, into into a movie. Uh, there will probably be like the next few versions, which are, will be probably specialized on creating video. Because I, I, I mean, it's hard to imagine that they will stop now and say, "Hey, they, it was great to create images. Uh, we should stop here." I, I think what they will instead do is like they will, we will, what we will see is at, at some point we will create videos, we will create audio. Um, in a way that uh, the w same way that Dolly works, right, with these diffusion models, um, there are some already some experiments that we see here and there. Um, and the great thing also about Dolly is that, so when 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 actually OpenAI came along with the technology below, like the the foundation of Dolly is um, another project called Clip, which uh, basically. Yeah, I mean, it, it learned basically the um, texture semantics and, and visual representations, basically. So CLIP stands for Contrastive Language Image uh, Pre-Training. And uh, basically it learned, you know, from text, getting from text to images, basically, and, and that's representation. And oh. uh, and that is like baked into into Dolly, basically, because it does that and, and, it, and it does that in an iterative way. Um, it draws the picture until it satisfies basically that clip model inside, basically, right? And so how this works is you, it's actually just from a, how should I say, like from the top, when you, if you look at Dolly, it's actually just like two, three steps. It, the first one is taking your text prompt and put that in something that is called text encoder, which is then, like I said, it, 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 it uses a model that actually can take this text uh, representation and, and turn it into um, a representation in some space, basically. And then the model, uh, you know, is called then with the text encoding to to then encode the corresponding image, basically. And uh, and it does that in a, a sto stochastically, uh, you know, generates these images until the visual manifestation uh, of that semantic information is, like, correct, basically. And so you get then from, if you write the text, uh, uh, an astronaut riding a unicorn in space or on Mars, whatever, mm -hmm. uh, if, if the, the generate image in, uh, at some point after iteration and after, after one iteration after the other um, satisfies basically that the representations and the information that we learned before, then it, that's the picture that you see basically, right? And when OpenAI started with this whole clip project that was part of DALI now, um, it was we, we thought it's of course it's useful and everything, but it 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 turned out to be much more useful than we expected, because it helped us basically generating these uh, beautiful images out of text basically, okay. and and it kickstarted a whole a whole um, area of of new machine learning uh, models that are that are relying on this diffusion uh, diffusion model basically. Mm. Uh, so you've seen also other, you know, open source projects like Mini Dali and uh, Google's Imagen, which also even like has even higher accuracy than Dali, but it's not open, so open, uh, openly accessible to the to the public at the moment. Mm. Okay, okay. And, and but, you maybe... know, people don't trust Google so much; they're afraid that they're they're going to data yeah. capitalized. <laughs> and, and maybe you know, that's like maybe a few things. Like why I think it's interesting is. Um, OpenAI, um, there's two things that are really special about it is, first of all, it's a, it's a foundation. It's not a for-profit company. And the goal of this foundation is to be self-sustaining. So um, they 
um, are making money out of DALI now. So that's a real business model. And they took money from outside investors. Um, but they want to be self-sustaining, but with not the goal of maximizing profits, because their mission is to have beneficial artificial general intelligence. And this is a fundamental different business model than all other big tech companies. And right. the second one that I think is very interesting when we think about a product today is who are the people behind OpenAI, especially in the leadership. And Sam Altman, um, he's not really well, like he's not so famous yet, but one must know that Sam is someone like, he has probably the same ambition like a Elon Musk or a Larry Page in terms of ambition. He's still very young, like in his 30s, and he already made tons of money with running Y Combinator and being an investor. Wow. And so this is really his home run. So he's not doing this with a time horizon of two years and making money. Like OpenAI has a time horizon of 50 years or 100 years. And they, and this is the, the third one, maybe that's really interesting, the performance improvement of AI. And a lot of people don't know that it is, it is massive. Like usually those models and those performance increasement are like thousand percent in two years. So if you compound with thousand percent over 50 years, you get to a point where we today see DALI 2, so version 2. But if you think of DALI version 10, version 20, then you get to what Olja just said before. It's like we can imagine Hollywood movies produced entirely by people that are just knowing how to communicate with the AI versus like a team of like 100 people or 200 people and a Hollywood studio. And this is something that we are just as humans are very bad at predicting. Like we're not good at predicting horror exponential growth. But if you look at what happens in AI, if you look at the leadership and the early successes, if you plot this out over 50 years, we're at a very special inflection point in human history right now, because this is probably the first time where art and creativity become something that is as abundant as water today. Or if you go to the supermarket and have mm. frozen food, this was not normal 100 years ago. Well, I mean, art is really vital to the human experience as well. Um, I, I do, I didn't invite an artist here with me today. Um, I expected more listenership, but, you know, again, there's sometimes there's a, a substantive choke. Hey, I see we have John here with us. Um, I'm going to go ahead and bring him in for the talk. Come on, John. Unmute your mic. Are you good? Yes, we can hear you. Thanks for joining that AI show. Yes. Hi, Sheila. Thank you. Hi, Chris. Hi, Opa. Hey. Good to meet you. <laughs> um, so I just introduced myself. Um, I'm John Edwards. I work in video games as an artist, a visual effects artist. Uh, I'm actually currently working at Activision uh, Raven Software on Call of Duty franchise. Um, so obviously, like my first question, I'm an artist, professional artist, you know, for almost 30 years. And, you know, working in games, film, and TV ads. 
And there's always a concern. I talk to my fellow artists and they're like, oh, wow, AI is so amazing. And then some of them are also horrified and terrified <laughs> of their other jobs going away, of course, you know, like, like, you know, like robots replacing humans. Um, obviously, like I've used AI tools uh, in software, you know, since I've been started in the industry from 3D applications to, uh, you know, like particle systems and effects and mathematical <laughs> formulations, as well as like, you know, image processing. Like now the new AI is like denoising photographs. So if you have a really high res image or low res image that's like taken at night and it's super noisy and pixelated, you know, you might want software to actually clean it up for you. And you don't want to have to spend, you know, days and days doing it yourself per image. You don't have time. You know, you got to move on to taking pictures and such. Uh, the same thing applies to like, you know, JPEG artifact compression and removing that stuff. So these are like tools that we use to help us create better imagery and facilitate, you know, more efficient workflows and improving our overall quality in the end. So I see the, the benefits of AI within reason, as long as it's not like, you know, unethical and, <laughs> and doing all the, the stuff where it's like, you know, I'm going to create everything for you. And so you, there's no need for a job, you know, all, all artists go away. And it's like, you know, the, the producer or the business development VP is doing all the image generation and there's no artists in the, anywhere in the company. So there's always a concern with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so, and it, it kind of, I bring it up in a similar sense that say 3D modeling, you know, an animation CG. Film, John, you cut out there. And they, can you hear me? Did I get lost? Yeah, okay. we can hear you now. So I would say in the film industry, there was a big change. You know, obviously uh, people who would do set extensions or set models, you know, environments. Also miniatures, like the modeling kits for like cityscapes and camera fly through the through motion control. That was all replaced with computer graphics, you know, and, and 3D modeling, digital modeling. And so those people found themselves out of work at some point unless they actually adapted and learned the software, you know, the 3D applications, learning the computer and just a totally different way of working, you know, rendering and lighting and material development. And so how all that goes into this new AI movement is a bit concerning for a lot of people. And I think rightfully so. Uh, on that same quick note, I just also wanted to bring up, there's always a question I have, which is, you know, copyright infringement, you know, like if you're taking all these images of artists, you know, whether they be great masters that are, you know, passed on or current people that are, you know, up and coming and everything is grabbing everybody's imagery and then creating new imagery. Obviously, there's a certain percentage, you know, ratio of how much you use of something that becomes safe and OK, just like music. You know, if you sample a little bit of music you're okay, but if you sample too many seconds, then suddenly you're infringing. So my concern would be also on that, and a question to you guys is like, how do you see, you know, when you're grabbing information and recreating new imagery, of course, but you're taking something from like, you know, H.R. Giger or um, M.C. Escher uh, or any new current artist, mm. uh, and it's taking that information, like say you have a giant, you know, uh, portrait that someone painted, and it's using that as a primary piece, how does that, you know, get kind of calculated of what's a, what's an infringement, what is safe and okay for copyright? Right. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm don't sh not sure how, how percent how the copyrights are like uh, defined in in the U.S. But I remember there was some 
uh, conversation basically around that it's actually free of uh, these corporate issues because at the end it's it's just like when you train like a, a human learns basically from uh, the previous you know masters of the skill you know the skills and 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 gets inspiration from others but then creates something totally different at the end right so um, so at the end I don't think it's it's a, a big problem because you're not copying exactly the work but you're like the complexity of uh, that 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 you're let's say, let's take the example of Dolly too for example where you tech where you say I don't let's let's stick to the example of like drawing an an astronaut riding a unicorn or in space or something um, and even if you say but drawn like I don't know Leonardo da Vinci or something right um, it might look like and be inspired by that but then it's like it's a totally different scenery and all these kind of things. Um, so you will end up with something that is like so different that at the end it's just like when you have an artist that that learned from the great masters of the past and 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 then was inspired to create something new basically right mm. so um but i but I could see like there could be some foundation where people will fight over these things and then uh you know it want to sue actually each other sorry. I said it seems a little far off into the future um, because uh, I think that he's making a simile between what happened in the U United States when people started using samples of Prince and samples mm -hmm. of uh, you know Sun Ra and uh, other uh, James Brown uh, and we're making boatloads of money. Uh, nobody's making a boatload of money from Dali. It's it's mainly people who are not artists who want art who are making art with this, and it's so new. Right. Um, we're we're not we're just paddling out in the use. So yeah. there is supposed to be a demo and... attached with this. Uh, just a moment. Uh, I wanted to ask you guys if you you were going to demonstrate or t teach us a little bit about it. Yeah, we can we can uh, in, in a second also generate an image if you like together. But um, be great. but just one one more thing I wanted to add basically to um, to the the comment from uh, John. Um, what we always welcome, um, you know this in quotes, uh, AI that helps us with all these tedious work that is always welcome, right? So denoising right. a large picture and I don't want to do that. Like I don't want to sit down a day and then do you not know, like denoise it by hand. I want, yeah. you know, a machine to do that. Uh, I, I don't want to like uh, cut the tape of a, of a movie. I want Adobe to do that with special effects rendered right into it with some AI, etc. All these tedious, but it's about tedious work where we don't want to like do this repetitive work basically for hours. Then it's always welcome. And then people, where people start to fear actually is that when they realize something where they feel like um, satisfied when they, uh, you know, do that kind of job, like drawing something or being creative with something or executing certain sports or whatever. And then they see an AI being able to do the same or good enough in a good enough uh, way, at, let's, let's say. Then they start to fear that this is actually can you know, replace a job or something. Mm. But then also you have to be aware that these systems, like even if we take like Dolly 2, that can create pretty much any you know, image out there that you just can describe. Uh, and, and if you look at one, some of these, um, there is a prompt book uh, for Dolly where you can mm -hmm. learn how to guide it to get to the right image. I mean, even even with that, even with the power of Dolly 2, um, it, you have to understand that these systems are limited to, um, let's call it creativity, based on the data they have seen in the past. So you might, as an artist, come up with, be able to come up with something that is based on 
either something that Dolly 2 has never seen, that is based on emotions, that is based on feelings, whatever, mm. that these systems can't actually get to, no matter how many how many calculations they execute, how many, you know, whatever they've seen in the data set. Right. Um, if it was even trained by the entire internet, internet and all the images out there and the text and everything, um, there is a limit to that, basically. But I think at some point we will get there. Like, at some point we might be able to then take uh, extract emotions, understand to represent them in the same space as we did with the text, basically, and then maybe end up with uh, something that is based on not just pure text, but the emotions captured in text or emotions captured in an uh, input audio, for example, or something, right? So okay. there is there is limitations to these things, um, but so we should always see these things air more like a opportunity to to break new ground and get an assistant sort of like to do things that we haven't thought being you know being possible in the past, basically. We, right. I mean, yeah. I love technology. That's why I'm, I'm I do this show. You know, I, I'm interested, but then again, I don't want to be on the downside of the sword. You know, to to be a cutting edge, you can be close to the to the cut to to being to being um, in the path of injury. So, Chris, you had an insight. I'm sorry, I, I I stifled you. It wasn't intentional. I just wanted to to make room for the demo because we promised a demo as advertised. So, um, did you have any insights to to add to that, Chris? Oh yeah, just like super quickly regarding copyright. I guess there's a general philosophy in Silicon Valley that you first get started and then ask for permission later. And oh, okay. if like like one can criticize this, but I guess it's the general sentiment. And um, OpenAI probably has seen the copyright law of the past, but they believe we're now in a new area of technology and it's improving massively fast and the regulators will probably take five to ten years to actually understand what is going on and during exactly this time the old laws might be outdated per definition because there was some law about remixing photographs and that is like i guess from the 80s or 90s and it was a case where somebody put up a photograph and then that was famous and somebody else was basically doing the co same constellation of of objects and people and this was a copyright infringement because it had the same vibe even if it was not a direct copy but just a, a replica of this picture it was a copyright infringement and now if you just fast forward to say those diffusion models are getting so complex that not a single person actually knows what was the inspiration because it might be a million different inspirations per picture. Um, the copyright law that we have today is simply completely outdated. And I guess that's the general philosophy that OpenAI has. So currently there's no regulators and in five to 10 years, they, the laws will be outdated completely. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually had a, an innovation towards that, like a legal or governance innovation towards towards that environment. Um, I had participated in a, a standards development uh, group, you know, work group for IEEE, and I was able to publish something. Um, and one of the ideas that that came from that process was that we we twin twin the development, meaning like we we grow an ethics model aside of a new AI. Um, AI area, meaning like an AI discipline, 
um, AI product, you you grow or you you pair uh, a twin, an ethics twin or a regulatory twin with that. You know, they call it the sandbox, which is you know I guess a, a similar area where basically people can crash and burn in in, in a smaller confined area um, uh, with some of the regulatory risks that are there. But um, sometimes the the technology tends to generate every one to three years. So you need to have some regulatory or legal elasticity to include the potential for harm and to be able to, to uh, legislate or regulate towards it. And um, there's, no, there's no way to do that unless you, you have a, you know, a buddy, so to speak, uh, in, in the development um, turnstile with you as, as the, the technology develops. Because you know you don't know what the harms are necessarily going to yield. You can think about it, but if those harms never actualize or they never come to you know, it's like pre-criminalizing a, a, a technological invention where no harms actually happened. So if you grow the ethics or the the ethics and regulatory ENC development alongside of it, you can see where the actual practical harm outcomes can actually be, and then um, work in your legislative uh, or regulatory governance agenda, you know, outward. You can self-regulate first, and then when it comes time for this to become, say, like a a state-administrated or nationally-administrated, you know, issue, you you have a governance pre-existing governance model that that's working, and you have a voice in the process. So, you know, I don't know if that's helpful to you, but but that's something that I've, I've Postured. Plus, there's AI um, governance that's coming out of UK. Do you have anything to say about that? Uh, I haven't heard about that uh, from the UK, but mm-hmm. um, the recent uh, the recent regulations or relates to that that I heard was that was interesting is how the EU wants to regulate what kind of AI technology you can use at the borders of the country, for example. Mm. I think there it makes actually sense uh, because we see somewhere in the uh, Far East uh, how these technologies are used to to patrol at the borders with drones and stuff like that. So that is becoming, yeah, maybe, uh, what I don't want to say the problem, but like something we have to think about. And, and it's good to see that in the EU we have uh, people thinking about these kind of like, you know, regulations at least. Yeah, uh, one thing I wanted to add about the kind of copyright uh, it's on the same point with what you're talking about, uh, everybody. And something I was wondering is what Sheila was saying is that if this is able, if you're able to kind of almost like program the AI or teach the AI what infringement is and teach it the law, then it can actually use that and work with it, you know, in a safe way. You know, even if it's modified in time, obviously it can be improved and, and increased its accuracy. But I, I would say rather than waiting until after the infringement happens and then everybody is getting sued, <laughs> you know, and then finding themselves like and I, I worry that that would actually be destructive to what you guys are doing. Like you guys are creating really cool stuff. Um, it definitely has an application and a, and a, a benefit uh, as far as like creating imagery. I think about like I saw a disco diffusion uh, 3D kind of fly through. And what they did is they took a bunch of like, you know, attributes and parameters to add. And they said, okay, now basically fly the camera through the scene. And it would generate all the sci-fi fantasy art and mutated faces. And it was really cool. Super like, almost like, you know, um, like Salvador Dali uh, style, pun intended, 
that basically it flies through a painting of of his, but with mutations of other artists, and it's pretty amazing. It's obviously generating frame after frame to play through. Uh, you know, a, is this like the melting clock, John? To create that would take years. You know, or a team of people would be very expensive. So it's pretty amazing that you can kick that off and let it go. What I'm kind of concerned with is potential infringement, where every country has its own law. Like China has, you know, they just take whatever they take. Uh, U.S. <laughs> is very strict, and obviously it's changing. Just like the Napster days of music, nobody kind of accounted the old law for digital and streaming. And so when Napster did their thing, they're like, "Hey, we're fine. We're protected." And then the music industry caved in and made everybody apologize publicly, and you know, you know, or go to jail. So I worry about that happening. So being mindful and putting, like what she was saying, something in front or in the system or part of the policy, like like engineering uh, infringement protections, if you will. Because obviously, if you take sources, but in the end output, it is distorted, mutated, and twisted in some form that you don't recognize it. Like say, you know, a McDonald's logo, you know, or some copyright trademark logo. That if that's not registered, it gets all distorted. You wouldn't know what it is, so of course there's no infringement. Um, but if it's like a blatant image of someone's art as the main, you know, primary piece that's 50 percent or more that's covering the image and it's very recognizable, and then someone takes that and makes a TV video, you know, commercial or a music video, and now they're taking someone's art and broadcasting it all over the world and making millions of, you know, dollars off the playback, it becomes an infringement. The person didn't even know that they were infringing. Yeah. Honey, let right, the so. lawyers take care of that one. <laughs> and it's not. You're, you're basically teaching the robot to to be, you know, a little bit more mindful. And, it, and of course, it may be that, hey, you turn that ethics thing off. But then, you know, people say, hey, I don't I'm going to do this commercially versus I'm just doing it for my my own personal, you know, uh, artistry. Like I'm going to do it for my house. I want to have a cool art piece on my in my living room. And so it, there is no infringement, really, because you're just doing it for yourself. You're not selling it to make a profit. That's where the infringement comes on and how much money are you making off it. But if you're releasing it in a feature film like dream sequence for some major blockbuster Hollywood movie or a TV music video, then potentially you get hit with some kind of fine or infringement. You know, so that's yeah, where I mean, I'm just it's so it new, John. It's so new that the oh, totally technology know. isn't isn't monetized for for active use yet. I mean, these guys are, are just trying to explain it and. <laughs> and, and explain how to use it today. So without further ado, guys, um, do you want to walk us through how to use the technology? Yeah, sure. I mean, let's 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 create an image uh, together. So I've just opened um, the Dolly website, the lab website uh, on my phone, actually, because what we could do is if we come up with a text prompt, um, then I can put it in there. We wait five seconds and then I can put it in the comments. Um, oh, please, of... because I, I, I don't know how to, to get it. <laughs> Yeah, um, so the way it works, um, we basically signed up for it on the Dolly, uh, OpenAI Dolly website mm -hmm. and got access to it. And the way it works is the interface is super simple. That's just like, it, it looks like Google, right? There's like one uh, text box where you can put in um, uh, a text prompt or, which we haven't actually mentioned, is that you can also upload an image, an existing image, uh, and edit that uh, and say, here's an image of something I've created, for example, and I want to change a part of that, for example, also uh, totally possible. Or if you generate first an image and then you don't like a, a little part about that image, for example, you can mark basically 
pinpoint basically the, the the area that you don't like and say, I don't know, I, I need totally need like a corgi dog uh, in the corner, right? So you point where you wanted the where you want the dog, and and Dali will then uh, manipulate basically an image and add whatever you uh, described in the text prompt. Where so for example, I don't know, a certain type of dog should actually be in the corner uh, and wear a red hat, for example. <laughs> Um, so I'm in, in front of the website now, and we can, if you come up, let, I mean, I don't know, Sheila, maybe you want to come up with a text prompt, something, okay. uh, then I'll, I can uh, put it in there and I'll, generate. Uh, okay, punch in yellow rose. Yellow rose. So yellow, yellow rose, rose like, like roses, yeah? Yeah, like or yellow rose. rose, like the yellow rose of Texas. <laughs> like the, the flower, you mean, yeah? The flower, yeah. Yellow roses, and that's it. <laughs> yellow rose, and you know, maybe John. What what else should it be? Uh, one other thing. Uh, I guess. Um, and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know. If... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know that's too too abstract, but I don't, I don't think so. It's just, or or a superhero. I, I'm kind of curious. Wh- which one? Big mix. Yeah, like I want to see the. I'm always interested in seeing the extreme crossover that's what's fascinating to me with ai is that how do you bring something that's very different into another thing that's very different and then collapsing them together that's i mean i think artists like to do that that may be my visual effects mindset okay. but anyways, let's try something like that. like the green so, hornet like which which hero we gotta pick superman. one i don't know okay superman, superman. yellow rose yeah yellow rose and superman go ahead so how about how about superman a photo of superman a photo of Superman, Superman holding yellow roses uh, in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I love it. I love it. I love it. Let's yeah. do it. So now it's it's loading, and I think that will take like five to six seconds or so, and then we should get our image. And then I can copy the the link to the image into the comments, and you can you can have a look. So it's loading, loading, loading. Here we go. Results are in, and here, okay, that looks, that looks sort of, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's see. So let's uh, share, publish, and then I can copy the URL, copy link. Let's go back to Colin. Here's the comments, and here's the first picture. I hope that works, and you can see the image, so it turned blue at least. <laughs> so there's one. Yes, uh... Then also generated this one here. <laughs> Share, publish, and then copy the link. So not super super creative, but like at least you see someone that looks like Superman holding yellow roses. And uh, not sure where the where the Guardians of the Galaxy is, but uh, but yeah. So it. it it clearly understood the concept of yellow roses. Uh, it, it knows what Superman looks like. There's an S on the chest. I'm not sure about the first picture because it looks like there's a, I don't know, Chinese flag or something in the background. <laughs> Ugh, how yeah. did that happen? I think yeah, it might be the it's... galaxy has that kind of nebula background. That's probably what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably. Like yeah. Purple, blue. It's actually really cool. Um, and that's, that's, I mean, pretty amazing. You can really just quickly mock that up. I mean, also something that comes up is like concept art, right? Like a lot of times right. we're trying to pitch ideas to people, you know, and rather than spending days painting it and image grabbing it and photo bash, they call it photo bashing, which is taking mm-hmm. various pictures and 
you know, montaging or collaging them together in Photoshop uh, and then presenting several, you know, versions or iterations of it. So I see this as being a great way to, you know, quickly knock out crazy far out ideas that would take hours, if not days, and lots of people to do it. So that's really cool. Um, and I'm actually yeah, kind of sure. curious, like how long, or I mean, is this all computed on the cloud or is this local to your server? So if your GPU is not as fast, would it be slower or is it just kind of calculate on the software on the uh, on the cloud? Yeah, this is in the in the cloud basically. So okay. uh, OpenAI runs a website and they have basically some resource behind it. And for us, it's just like a yeah website, but you can also use an API so you can then add it into your products. And like Chris said, they started charging people with um, like tokens like you get like 115 or so tokens for 15 dollars mm -hmm. and you have like i think 30 tokens for free per month so yeah you can okay. definitely play around with it are you guys planning on like uh giving it like a subscription uh or like a like an annual thing or what do you guys like long term yeah i, I think long term I, I i'm pretty sure there will be um other uh, options, like there will be probably some open source models that are good enough for me to play around with that. But also like these 30 or something or 50 tokens, I'm not sure how many there are, uh, that you get for free per month is like good like enough to, to play around with it. Uh, but once you get like, uh, you find a use case where you want to add it to a product, I guess then you would have to look for a robust uh, product with an API that you would add to your uh, product or you would go the open source way where you have to check the quality and if it's good enough uh, and you have everything in place you could run it on your uh, infrastructure where it will probably I mean typically it's then cheaper for you way cheaper for you to to run these models on your own infrastructure uh, where we then it maybe gets from I don't know dollars to cents basically uh, at some point and then yeah you have to always look at like what is your use case like is it something I needed like five or ten times per day uh, then it's probably doesn't make isn't making every any sense to just set up uh, the infrastructure and and getting all uh, running. Uh, instead, you would just go and use the API. Um, but if you have some use case where you need like heavy, would make heavy use of it. Um, right. You know, what, depending on what your use case is, you would then set up something that runs on your infrastructure. Because then, if you execute it like a million times, you don't want to spend like. Uh, you know, uh, so much money per execution. Instead, you want uh, pennies or even less per execution. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of artists that would want to dive into this. I know some people who are actually like doing this on their free time on the weekend, and they're doing mm -hmm. it for hours and hours and hours. You know, so my thought is that it get very expensive very quickly, like you said, <laughs> if you were doing right. it. You know, like you're you're generating say 100 images, you know, a day, you know, or more. Uh, just to experiment and that's explore a, that's ideas. That's a great. That's a great issue. Like, is there now in terms of like operating it most effectively? Like, you know, is there a time limit? How many images, or you know, the amount of words that you put in there? Like, what is there? What are the limitations? Like, for the best images, you need to use like one sentence or a simple phrase. You know, I indicated like I want to put a book in there and maybe turn that into <laughs> an NFT. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, you know, is that the right way to use the technology? There, there is a limit for in terms of like number of words. I think I'm not sure what it was, like 200 or 100 or something. But uh, 450. Yeah, 450. Oh, 450. 450. Okay. Yeah. Character. That's... Okay. Characters, oh, sorry. not words. Characters. Words. I'm certain it's 450 words. Sorry for that. Okay, words. Yeah. So you can be quite specific. <laughs> 
with uh, is it only prompt. English or does it translate other languages? It does translate. Uh, I think it's English yeah, only. No, it does translate other languages, not perfect, and emojis as well. Okay. Oh, they do emojis. They do, yes. <laughs> wow, wow. So I'm, I'm imagining that the text is the, the input text is kind of keywords. Uh, I mean, if you wrote, like, you took a page out of an entire book, like Harry Potter, uh, would it be able to interpolate all the in-between words, or does it kind of want to focus on like key elements? I, I think it's actually very good at understand, like, uh, taking the semantics out of a sentence. Um, you know, even sentences with uh, with the same words in different order. I I'm pretty sure it will it will get okay. a grasp cool. on. I mean. Nice. Um, actually, as you as you were mentioning Harry Potter, um, there was actually uh, someone that took the description because in the Harry Potter books, I never re read them, but like, but someone uh, picked the found the the mo the the, uh, the sentences that actually described the different characters, like Harry Potter and all the other guys, and compared the images, the uh, the portraits generated by Dolly, comp like to the, those from the movies, basically, and and it was funny because they looked sort of like. <laughs> <laughs> the characters from the movie, but it's like it was sometimes like a little bit off, like you know, from um, the way they looked and and they were described in the books and and the actual figures uh, or people actually hired by Hollywood to uh, for the movies, basically. But they were not super off, at least. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty so, cool. So, guys, I have to ask you really quickly: um, can you can you paste the link to the image in the in the chat? So that people who come back to see this, they can see what the Dolly art looks like um, if the image renders there. Um, also, uh, we have to wrap it up in about mm, seven minutes because I've got another uh, regulatory show to follow up. <clears throat> Apologies to this one. And it's going to be dry, boring, legal. You're welcome to come in there and talk to us about that. <clears throat> I'm sure you have lots of belly aching to do um, in terms of like compliance and what that actually look lo looks like for you. So, you know, like I said, you're welcome to come in and talk about your gripes and grievances um, to, to make things more efficient. But I, I certainly don't expect you to because, you know, if you if you were on a Saturday, I'm not sure that that's what, how you'd want to spend your time because <laughs> that sounds like work. Um, but, you know, the, the rest of the world isn't isn't really privy to what's going on um, in terms of ARA regulatory environment or privacy or some of the surrounding harm-based uh, evaluations that are going on in government and how that's going to translate to what they're doing. So we're doing a separate show just on that. Um, and, uh, but you know, are you able to to share the images, like the link to the yeah, images? I, I just, or are, are... Right, I, just, I just added them to the chat. They should appear, actually. And if not, I can also yeah, email yeah. them to you, uh, Shida. So you can add okay, them great. to the to the show in the after uh, once you do the uh, post edit, basically. Oh, okay, that sounds great. Okay, I'll do mm -hmm. exactly that. Um, so we're gonna just try to wrap up with final thoughts, uh, Chris or Okay. I mean, do you have any any additional thoughts about Dal E or anything you'd like to say to the listeners about that? Uh, yeah. First of all, thank you for having us. Uh, that was nice, um, nice conversation. And um, I think in general, uh, people should be open to these type of technologies. Oh yeah. Um, because it's like we're just we're just just scratching the surface. I think like there's many 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 other things that will, um, you know, uh, researchers will come up with that will help us. Um, whether it's like designing drugs, designing uh, more efficient ways to build buildings or whatever. 
um, and I think this is just like the the scratching the surface surface of Dali, and we'll probably end up like, like creating movies and all these kind of things in the future. Chris, yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I guess also like the the core thing is like playing around with it. This thing will open up over the next months, and it's one of those use cases of artificial intelligence that are very friendly. You know, like if you take the general media sentiment, it's always about taking jobs or the killer AI or so <laughs> this is like this is a really nice way. This is like something that we will all love and enjoy. It's just like video games when. In the 90s, computers came out, and so I guess uh, it's a really positive thing. Yeah, a child all. could use it. It sounds like a child could use it. Yeah, I, I always I always laugh about this kind of stuff where it's like you know it's the Spider-Man quote, which is "With great power comes great responsibility," <laughs> and uh, you know, <laughs> so you know, be, be, always say, "Be careful what you ask for," because you might get it. But, but I think like this is you know, definitely on a positive. This is, this is really cool. I, as a visual effects guy, also a traditional artist my whole life, um, I, I like this kind of stuff. I like plugins and applications and, like Houdini's, you know, using Houdini software to generate all kinds of cool stuff. So this seems like another one of those great tools that will uh, create all kinds of new imagery that we've never seen before. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, for sure. Excellent. Gentlemen, I think we're going to leave it there unless unless anyone has any parting shots. Um, we are very thankful to the hosts, uh, Chris Trovel and Olke at No Rules Berlin to join us about this DALI-E demo, uh, which actually wasn't that uh, difficult to do if you have the mm. software. Um, be on the lookout. Uh, could you also include the, the website for people who just want to kind of stand vigil over how to get it? Um, because sure. it's only going to be a limited release of a million people, which will be very diffuse. Like they're gonna, they gave it to guys like you who have the money and the developer skills first. I'm sure that that made total sense, and then um, to see how it would work, and then you know it gets pulled out to the rest of us. So if if we end up getting our paws on this, you know it'd be it'd be a really cool thing. I'd like to play with it and and make things with it. I want to make NFTs and stuff like that, see if I can make it go money some way or another. Nah. Sure. <laughs> I'm, already on, I'm already on the watch list. So oh, hopefully. really? Yeah, yeah, I signed up for it like a couple days ago. So. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Okay. All right, guys. Thank you for joining that AI show. Uh, you know, it's been, it's been lovely. And uh, maybe we'll have you on again in, in, in the future. So have a wonderful day, and uh, thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye.